Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. Amen. If you would, everyone, join us in standing. We're going to go right to the word of the Lord today. Man, I like that. If that don't get your motor going, you might be out of gas. Set your wood on fire, you might be wet. Praise God. Oh, man, I love that. So good. Romans chapter 16 today. Again, we're so glad to have all of our guests here today. Thank you for being a part of MPC's worship service day and our Brothers and sisters online and friends that watch online, thank you for joining us today. We miss Pastor Dylan and Sister Katie today. Sister Katie's not feeling well and and want to see the Lord touch her today and that whole family. Amen. We appreciate them. Romans chapter 16 and verse 19. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I'm glad, therefore, on your behalf. You obeyed, and it's for your best interest. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Be with you. Amen. Amen. Let's love the Lord right now and ask for the word to come into our hearts today. Oh, Lord, we are so dependent upon you. We need your word. Lord, would you, Lord, your word do the work, oh God. Lord, let us get out of the way when it comes to flesh. Lord Jesus, in both the delivery and the reception of the word, God, let us not come with hidden agenda or preconceived ideas, but rather open to your word. Let your word just come to us today directly in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. Paul is writing to the Roman church, the church at Rome. And he's winding down, and this is his farewell statement to them. So he's writing to people who would readily understand that the nation of Rome had at that time conquered the Mediterranean basin, the area from almost Great Britain all the way around the coast of the Mediterranean into Egypt and close to Libya. 
they had conquered the then known world as it is called. So the presence of the Roman culture had a profound impact on people of that time. Matter of fact, it has a profound impact on how the New Testament was written. You see, the Romans were different and unique in their governing and different and unique in the way that they fought wars. When Babylon came and captured Jerusalem, they destroyed the city and took the people captive back to Babylon. When Rome showed up, they didn't do that. But rather, they came in and built colonies. So they brought Roman culture into the towns, the cities, the places where they conquer, and they would put them under Roman law so they had to live like a Roman's. Uh, they called this imperialism, imperialism or colonization. The spread of Roman culture became a force during that hour, that hour, that time. And that force that brought the spread of the Roman culture came at the hands of the Roman legions or the soldiers. This precise military machine was manned by thousands. They called them legions of disciplined soldiers. The Roman army is considered in history as being one of the greatest of all times. Their weapons was better than everybody they fought. Their tactics, their tactics was better than their enemies. They were better trained, better disciplined, better organized than their enemies were. So they could take on a larger force and conquer them just simply because of their dedication, devotion, determination, and hardness as a soldier. A Roman legion was a very, very uh, capable, mobile army. Matter of fact, they say, again, it is one of the most incredible mobile armies in history. They had a specific method of training their men to march fast and far. They're legendary for marching great distances and still doing war and still doing all kinds of things after the march. It is said that that these legionnaires could, could march 20 miles in five hours with 100 pounds on their back. 20 miles, five hours with 100 pounds on their back. They would get to a place marching like that, and then they would begin to set up their camps. They would build embankments and, and ramparts and all kinds of things that they would have to do. They would have to get supplies. They would have to take care of themselves. But they did this all on foot, if you please. These fighting elites were known for their commitment to precise training, demanding discipline, and the extreme fitness. Jewish historian Josephus said that all their fatigue duties were performed with the same discipline. They, the same regard for security when they went procuring food, water, supplies. They did it with the same discipline, the same order, the same regiment. They didn't break ranks. They were very, very regimented and disciplined. The Romans learned that an undisciplined soldier is a defeated soldier. The apostle Paul would have been well aware of the military presence of the Roman guards. 
he would have no doubt encountered their marching on many of his missionary journeys. I like Paul because I think Paul is a man's man. Paul wrote about sports. I like that. He wrote about military stuff and strategies. You know, you can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And it's a statement like this that, that just stand out when you think of this looking through the eyes of Paul as he's gazing at a Roman sentry. When he says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. No doubt he may have gazed upon the sentry as he's standing there, unfazed by things that are going on, but his eyes are ever vigilant, ever watching, ever looking. Amen. We find that these were the directives of the Roman sentry. Be vigilant. Stay at attention. Stay watching. Be intent. Train your eyes to look into the night and see past the normal. See what is going Going on, be perceptive. Amen. I wonder if the Apostle Paul was writing with pen in hand as he looked at a Roman soldier and said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Perhaps he's looking at the belt on a Roman soldier when he said, take on to you the belt of truth. Hold on to the belt of truth and it will hold on to you. Maybe he had in his mind what Malachi said when he said, I'm the Lord and I change not. Paul knew a God that was not a maybe God. He was the I am God. He was the sure foundation. He was the faithful and true. He is that God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Put on truth. If there ever was a generation that needs truth, it is right now. Somebody say amen. amen. Now I'm hitting on about six cylinders today. So... I need you to do seven and eight. Will you help me preach? Amen. Hallelujah. Help me preach today. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is the equity of character, of action, both outwardly and inwardly. Amen. To stand righteous is because of Jesus. But to put on righteous means I guard my emotions. I guard my will. I guard my attitudes in the righteousness of God. And then I must put on the, the shoes, the combat shoes that allow me to be stable and mobile. Ephesians says, that we're to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. A successful soldier always maintains good footing. He must be mobile yet stable. A good soldier remains mobile in all terrains. He prepares for situation. In rough terrain, he's mobile and stable. Whether it's on the cobblestone streets of Rome or whether it is in the miry pits of some war somewhere. He is going to stay mobile. It's interesting. The shoes of a Roman soldier were sandals, thick leather that they had attached knobs and nails to. So he was getting traction with the knobs and the nails. And when they walked on the, the cobblestones or the brick pavements of nations around, you could hear click, 
click, click. Any of our golfers ever heard those cleats as they walk into a pro shop as they're, as a, as a, uh, as they're going, you know, uh, ain't that right, brother? There's my golfer over there. Click, click. Can you imagine thousands of soldiers marching in time, every foot hitting at the same time, marching at the same time, shoulder to shoulder, shields in hand, spears sticking up, swords in their sleeves. Amen. Click, 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 click. You see, marching was a very important part of the soldier, the Roman soldier's advancement as a military might. They had to take on them the shield of faith. That was their first line of defense. Faith is essential if you're going to win the battle. Faith is the foundation. Faith conquers all. It is interesting in their shields that they can lock those shields together and march together arm in arm as they advance to the enemy. They had this thing called the tortoise that they could make where they would have shields all the way around and over their top. And 27 men arm to arm would link up like a moving shell into the advancement of the enemy. They were so dedicated and trained that they knew how to defeat even foes that were bigger than them. They had the helmet of salvation that they put on themselves. Paul wrote even to the church of Thessalonica when he said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. It covered the Roman shoulders, his head with this, this, this shield upon his, or his helmet upon his head. Then the sword of the spirit, he was to take up the sword of the spirit that he might stick into the enemy. He might jab into the enemy. That's a good soldier. But let me, let me talk to you about the marching of the soldier. For today, I want to preach to you about a soldier's stride. Being a Roman soldier was a tough lifestyle. Not everybody could handle it. They had deserters. They had people that would run from it. Amen. We would find that one fourth century historian, a Roman historian said this. Let therefore the youth who is to be chosen for army task have observant eyes, hold his head up, have broad chest, muscular shoulders and strong arms and strong fingers and not too extended at weight measure. Not too extended at weight. Anybody know what that is? Not too extended at weight measure. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for lean soldiers. He went on to write, they need to have lean hams and calves and feet not uh, too distended with superfluous flesh, but hard and knotted with muscles. Being a Roman soldier meant that you must be physically and mentally fit. Uh, Romans required that they had good posture, that they had good stamina, that they had good agility and good vision. A legionnaire was all in when it came to being a soldier. They signed up for 25 years of service old Roman soldiers were known to fight until they could no longer fight and when they retired they retired to a military base 
Amen. Because they were so into that. I'm, we're blessed today to have a Marine with us. Come here, Brother LeBannon. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Marines. Now, I'm going to ask him a couple questions so I'll know that I'm saying what I'm saying is right. Amen. Do they say once a Marine? Once a Marine? Always a Marine. I don't know if the Army says that. I don't know if the Navy says that. But I do know the Marines say that. Amen. That was the mentality of the Roman legions. Once you were a Roman legion, you were always a Roman legion. Can I tell you, once you take on this soldier mentality as the soldiers of Jesus Christ and soldiers of the cross, there is no exit rant. There is no chance, amen, to run away from that. Once you take up the shield of faith, don't put it down once you pick up the sword of the spirit don't put it down once you slip on the helmet of salvation it's time to fight until Jesus calls us home I found it interesting brother B that the Romans were probably the first to start using cadence songs to begin to say, this is how you march. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you if you can think of some, some clean ones. Because <laughs> I know that they don't do real clean in the Marines. But can you imagine these soldiers? Now, do they tell you to march in step? You march in step. Can you give us an example? I know it's been a while. But, but I want you to give us an example of, a, of, a, of what a, a Marine would do marching. All right? <laughs> Come back. Praise God. Now, now, now. Thank you, sir. Did you notice the intention with, 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 with which he marched? Did you notice the purpose with, with the way that he marched? You know, if you're going to be a child of God and a soldier of the cross, you can't wear loafers. you got to have on the gospel, your feet shod with the gospel, the preparation. There's got to be a mentality that says, I'm marching in this army, and I'm going to be intent about it. I'm going to be strong about it. I'm going to be firm about it. It's a soldier stride. Soldier stride. <clears throat> Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 and 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which were before on thee that thou mayest or mightest war a good warfare. What is that? Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwrecked. Amen. What is Paul telling this young man? I want you to be a strong soldier. I want you to do it with a good intention. I want you to fight a good fight. Amen. This is not a time to lay down our sword. This is not a time to lay aside our intention, but rather to be disciplined, rather to be intent, rather to know. I'm fighting a good fight. Paul instructs Timothy 
He's really commanding Timothy. I want you to war a good warfare. Then he says it's by prophecy. It's not by accident, but rather by purpose. Prophecy here speaks about where he's going to go and what he's going to do. Let me tell you, you're marching now. Some of you folks need to realize you're marching now to get you ready for the battle for tomorrow. You don't just run up to the battle and say, okay, I can march. But you train now for tomorrow's battle. You're getting ready now. What you're doing, some of the things you're doing by faith and the prayer that you're praying and the worship that you give it's not about now but rather it's about i'm getting my soldier stride in place i want to get my stride in place i want to stay in tune with my brothers and my sisters i'm going to watch walk and march step for step gate for gate <coughs> timothy you need to fight a good warfare. It was Paul that said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Somebody say, fight the good fight. Fight the discipline fight. Amen. Stay in stride. Keep that stride going. In 2 Timothy, he said in this again to his son in the gospel, chapter 2, verse 3, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with affairs of this life that he may please him who hath called him to be a good soldier. If you're going to do battle, you might as well do battle to win. If you're going to fight, you might as well have the attitude of a soldier in the midst of the war so that you don't have defeat. A good Roman soldier was a marching soldier. A good marching soldier keeps in stride with his fellows. The Roman legionnaire marched in precise formation. Some suggest they started the military chants, which I said a while ago in the rhythmic cadences. The Romans marched to these varied cadences. They marched to different speeds. Amen. They had the normal speed and, and then they had the double time. I was asking Brother Bannon about this a while ago before church. And he said the double time Double time in the Marines today happens when you're in combat gear. Not when you're just marching in a parade, but when you're going to war and the, the Roman legions would have their normal march, click, 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 click. And then they carried trumpets with them and that gave the command of what they're to do next. And they would blow the trumpet. And when they would blast with the trumpet, they had one particular blast that they would turn their normal gait into their mode of double time. Their double time would help them march very quickly it was just that short of running they would not be running but they would be all in step all together they would be marching together in this step and it was known as the quick march high legs try and they would just get it and they could go not 20 miles in five hours but 24 miles in five hours not stopping that stride can you imagine 100 pound pack on you and they say we're going to war doo, 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 doo. 
It's time for quick time. It's time for quick stride. We're going to war. You need to get up your feet. Hallelujah. You need to get your feet up. Hallelujah. Our scripture says in Romans 16 and 20, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The God of peace. The war that you're fighting for is for your peace. We find the Bible says that he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Every time that you get the victory and peace in a storm, you are finding the God of peace that shows up. He's going to crush the enemy under your feet so that you may have peace so that you may have peace and then he said Satan is going to be crushed under your feet shortly Jesus did not just bruise him the word bruise there means to crush to grind to powder to break until it's undistinguishable to topple on it until it is broken and and pulverized amen it, it, it is an incredible word when you think about under your feet your feet somebody say not bruised but completely crushed under your feet but the God of peace has already won the victory I've got to do the marching my Lord has already won the victory but I've got to do the marching hallelujah so you march you march and you snap under your feet the Rome anything that's in front of you but it is done by the word shortly everybody say shortly I've studied this Greek word a little bit over the last week and I found something that makes me want to shout. Shortly is not about time. Listen to me. Shortly is not about time, but rather about manner and how. It's not about when, it's about how. The word shortly is the Greek word taktos, where we put two Greek words together and we get tachometer, which shows the speed or the RPM of an engine. But taktos is a military term, meaning with speed, haste, swiftness, and to move without delay. It means to march quickly, to step lively. One writer said it means repeatedly. It refers to the pounding, crushing, stomping of the Roman soldiers' feet while marching in formation. They were to lift up their legs high and stomp in unison quickly, loudly, pounding their feet. And everybody would know when you heard them march to quick time. You knew the battle was on. You knew that they were not stopping for anything. Anything in their way was going to be trampled not just trampled but crushed and broken under their feet so when Paul writes to the Roman people that would very well know the military ideology and analogy here is that he's saying God is going to win the battle but you have got to step a little harder you have got to step a little stronger your stride has got to get a little quicker Satan in your way today? Why don't you instead of stop, won't you stomp? I said, Satan in your way today? Why don't you stomp? 
hallelujah, the enemy coming after you today, the adversary coming against your mind, why don't you instead of saying, woe is me, why don't you say, I hear the trumpet sounding. I hear the trumpet sounding. It's time to step lively. It's time to go to double time. It's time to pray more. It's time to worship harder. It's time to pray more and worship harder. It's time to study the word deeper than what we had before. It's time to be a soul-loving, hell-hating, Jesus-worshiping army that says, get out of my way. I'm coming. I've got the victory. I've got the victory. I believe Paul was imagining hearing that trumpet blow and the enemy or the Romans knowing it's time to go against the enemy begin to march we would say in double time in double time can you give me brother LeBannon an example of marine military time double time that's asking a lot. It's been a few years, and praise God, Amen. So you don't have much space, and the camera can't catch you always, but we will catch you. Hallelujah, brother, be soldier, soldier of the cross. The enemy is coming against you. It's not time for normal prayer. It's not time for a patty cake worship. It's not time for playing games. The enemy is rising up against us. Oh, soldier of the cross, put on the shield of faith. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the sword of the spirit. I'm about to hear the trumpet blow. And the trumpet's going to say, stop with your lollygagging. Stop with your loafing. Stop with playing church. Let the devil know anything and everything that is before you is under your feet. It's under your feet. It's under your feet. Hallelujah, soldier. Hallelujah. Can you give me some double time? Is anybody here can hear the cry of the cross today? Soldier, give me some double time. Give me some double time. Give me some double time in your worship. Give me some double time in your praise. Do you hear the blowing of 2020? Let me give you one scripture as the music is coming. I want you to do what I preached. I wish I had the energy today to do what my mind's telling me I ought to be doing. But I'm doing it on the inside. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sister Queen, I remember Brother Dick Lane sitting in his seat and doing this. Pushing up on his arms. While a bunch of people with good legs would sit there like, what's going on? That's what he was doing. He's marching double time. He's praising double time. He's going to, I'm taking it to a new level. And anything in my way is under my feet. Psalm 44, 
and verse 4. The psalmist said, Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee we will push down our enemies. Through thy name we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and has put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast. Amen all the day long and praise thy name. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. The power to tread under your feet. He's given the power. The vic- we don't fight a natural warfare. We're not fighting against people. We're not talking about treading down people, but rather treading down strongholds of our mind, treading down habits that are causing us to grow weary and faint treading down concepts that don't match the cross and a mentality that is anti-Christ. We need to tread it down today. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast And we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.